0: You're listening to Bible Truth Feed, a podcast by Christadelphianvideo.org for Christadelphians and all those seeking the truth about the Bible message. Join us now as we present our latest episode. Christ's random sacrifice explained. Hello. Hello. And welcome to Bible Truth Feed, a podcast by ChristadelphianVideo.org. All have sinned and are in need of forgiveness. The redemptive work of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ is explained in this episode, which should lead us to thankfulness, living a devoted life in service to our Redeemer. Now this episode is brought to you by Brother Chris Sayles of the Collinwood Ecclesia. Hope you enjoy it. If you've got any comments or questions, please do get in touch. Until next time, God bless.
1: So, when you when you when you think of the word ransom, when you you hear the word ransom, uh, what comes to mind? Okay, this is what I I came up with, and I think it covers a lot of the things there. You know, a ransom is is the price paid to rescue someone that was kidnapped. Um, there's usually like good guys and bad guys. You know, maybe there's an heiress to, a, to some fortune that's been kidnapped by the bad guys. And, you know, someone's life might be in jeopardy because what happens if you don't pay the ransom? There's hostages. Um, in, in more recent terms, with this one graphic down here um, that you can see with uh, the computer that's locked and someone's handing over keys with some, some money, uh, it's, it's, it's basically the, the price paid to get something back. You know that, that stuff on your computer that can cause problems is now called ransomware, right? So something gets into your computer and, and takes over it and you have to pay somebody uh, some money to get your data back, to get your computer back. So um, those, are, those are some common ideas that have come through in English down through the years, obviously, with this word ransom. <clears throat> okay, so before we start looking at the, uh, the, the, the scriptural view, i uh, going to be right up front here and um, say that and show here that there are um, some some wrong ideas uh, about Christ's sacrifice. So if you were to, to Google it and get sort of the popular Christian Christianity concept of what ransom sacrifice is, um, you'd get something like this. The theory teaches that the death of Christ was a ransom sacrifice, usually said to have been paid to Satan in satisfaction for the bondage and debt of the souls of humanity as the result of inherited sin. And here's a longer um, uh, quote here from this Robin Collins, who wrote a book called Understanding the Atonement um, in 1995. And he wrote this, essentially this theory claimed that Adam and Eve sold humanity over to the devil at the time of the fall. Hence it required that God paid the devil a ransom to free us from the devil's clutches. God, however, tricked the devil into accepting Christ's death as a ransom, for the devil did not realize that Christ could not be held in the bonds of death. Once the devil accepted Christ's death as a ransom, this theory concluded, justice was satisfied and God was able to free us from Satan's grip. Okay, so there's a lot in there. You can see some of those ideas, like someone's been taken um, captive by somebody else and so something needs to be paid to release them you can see some of those ideas are there um again just just a quick quick brainstorm as as you're as you're reading through that what other ideas are are wrong are unbiblical unscriptural that jump out and you can see all these things kind of hang together um what, what do you see there that's um that's got that's problematic in terms of, of bible teaching well
2: uh, God great window with the devil like you know so that's an unjust
1: act yes okay that's though what... yeah that's good bob the whole idea that, that god sort of played a trick there's like some sort of game going on i was there's a sort of a famous song about this that the, you know the devil and the lord are kind of playing this game of cards poker over the souls of men and um yeah it's it's really unsavory <laughs> to put it bluntly um, okay what else is there
2: Adam and Eve sold humanity over to the devil.
1: Yes, so the, Satan plays a huge role in this in this uh, this uh, idea of Christ's sacrifice, and of course, the idea of a fallen supernatural angel devil um, is not scriptural, and so that's problematic in this this understanding of of why Jesus's sacrifice was a ransom. Um, anything else?
2: Well, yeah. So God, uh, if God, if, uh, if uh, the serpent was if the devil was inside the serpent god missed it and cursed the serpent instead could have cursed yeah. the devil right so
1: uh, uh, an evil being uh, uh, it
2: assumes it assumes that an evil being could hold god over a barrel
1: <laughs> yes yeah there i mean who's 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 uh it it it, it undermines god's sovereignty doesn't it 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 really does um, and, and just there in that first line, uh, the, the idea of inherited sin is problematic. So you can see that there's a lot of baggage with this, with this teaching about a ransom sacrifice of Christ. And once we see the true nature of that, um, you can see all these other things kind of fall away as well. You know, there is no supernatural fallen angel devil. Um, there's not souls held in, you know, in, in the balance uh, these immortal souls that kind of can go one way or the other. It's, these are all um, great. They make great stories and they're great myths and, and uh, have come down to us, uh, but they're not they're not Bible truth. Uh, just a little bit of an aside here. The Jehovah's Witnesses have a little bit of a unique twist on this. I don't want to spend too much time, but this is this comes right from their, their website. And. Um, uh, jw.org under uh, Christ's Ransom Sacrifice uh, if you're talking to Jehovah's Witnesses they use that language quite a bit um, Christ or Jesus's Christ's Ransom Sacrifice that's language that they, can't, that they use quite um, a lot so it says here the Bible describes how much Jesus suffered before he died he was cruelly whipped, nailed to a torture stake and made to endure a slow and painful death and they quote some scriptures why did Jesus have to, to suffer so much because Satan claimed that no human would be loyal to God if he was severely tested. Kind of sounds like they get that from, from Job. Jesus proved that a perfect man can be loyal to God, even if he suffers to the extreme. Imagine how proud Jehovah was of Jesus. How was the ransom paid? Jesus gave his father the value of his life. Jehovah allowed Jesus's enemies to kill him. And again, they quote scripture three days after that, Jehovah brought Jesus back to life, not as a human, but as a spirit person. Later, when Jesus returned to his father in heaven, he presented the value of his perfect human life to Jehovah as the ransom. Now that the ransom has been paid, we have the opportunity to be set free from sin and death. So, again, there's a lot going on here, and I don't want to, you know, go into this in a whole lot of detail. But but just one interesting aside, and you wouldn't have picked it up here unless you, you knew a little bit more. When it says here that Jesus was raised as a spirit, um, they don't believe that Jesus has or will ever have a physical body. Um, It was his actual physical body that was the ransom. And so he couldn't get it back. They don't do the thing that the Christians do where, you know, God kind of tricked the devil and got Jesus back. Here they say he gave his life, his body, his literal body as the ransom. And so he now is just a spirit person. Um, and, and that's, that's again, got some, got some issues. Um, it it is interesting here though, that you've got the idea of a, of a ransom paid and that allows us to be set free from sin and death that we'll see is, is, is scriptural. So you've got a bit of a mix here, a bit of a, you know, there's some ideas floating around, uh, some are, are sort of based on, on scripture, uh, but many of them are trying to bring together these other ideas they have that are quite often, um, false, okay so let's um let's move on from that and i hope that doesn't distract i think it's important for us to to maybe just see and that's maybe some of the ideas that you've believed in the past or if you're speaking to a person who is a christian or um, has some sort of understanding of christianity that's probably the slant you're going to get so now let's um uh, let's look at what the what the scriptures say So the first thing I want to know is that ransom is actually a biblical word. And we're going to look at it, the Old Testament and the New Testament. And I hope uh, you'll be able to see all these. We are going to look up all these passages. So unlike the word um, Trinity or immortal soul, um, which are not biblical words, uh, ransom actually is. So let's look at some passages. Uh, In the Old Testament, it's used quite a lot. I'd like like to turn all of these up. So let's uh, get your Bibles open um, and look at Exodus chapter 21. Um, in the old Testament, we won't be able to look at all the passages because there's actually quite a few of them. Um, in the new Testament, we're going to look at every single place where the word ransom appears. So Exodus, uh, 21 in itself is a really, really, uh, interesting, uh, chapter. And it'd be, it'd be good to have a look at the whole thing. Um, the end part of this chapter talks about what happens when, um, uh, an animal of one person does damage to another person and uh, it's actually quite quite an interesting story um so let's just pick it up in uh verse 28 if an ox score a man or a woman that they die then the ox shall surely be stoned and his flesh shall not be eaten but the owner of the ox shall be quit but if the ox were wont to push with his horn in time past and it has been testified to his owner and he hath not kept him in, but that he hath killed a man or a woman. The ox shall be stoned and the owner also shall be put to death. So the, the owner had a responsibility to have you know, kept his, his animal secure and he, he didn't do that. He was flippant with the, with the warnings or whatever. He was responsible for the actions of the, of the um, ox in this case. And there's where it comes up then. If there be laid on him a sum of money, then he shall give for the ransom of his life whatsoever is laid upon him. Um, So, you know, who was determined that in this particular case, he wasn't worthy of death and and there was some ransom to pay, some money to pay. um, He could do that. He could take that money and he could pay his fine, if you will, and he wouldn't have to die. Um, Just as a little interesting aside, if you if you. Cast your eyes down a few, pay, a few verses. Verse 32, if the ox shall push a manservant or a maidservant, he shall give unto their master 30 shekels of silver, and the ox shall be stoned. That number should jump out at you. 30 shekels of silver was the, the price that was paid um, to Judas to betray Jesus. Um, and it's right here in Exodus 21 in the context of, um, you know, this this uh, goring of, of a manservant or a maidservant. Anyway, we don't want to get distracted. This word here in red, translated ransom, is uh, the Hebrew uh, word numbered 6306, and it means a ransom um, that were redeemed or redemption. So that, that word in itself is kind of like what we thought. Here we can see it's, it's some money that was paid, and he was able to sort of buy back um, his life because he was deserving of death, but the judges at the time instead laid on him this fine. Over a few pages, Exodus chapter 30 um, and verse 12. Again, each of these passages has so much in them. Uh, We could really go down um, a few rabbit holes here, but we'll, we'll, um, we'll try and stay focused. So Exodus chapter 30 and verse 12 says, When you take the sum of the children of Israel after their number, then they shall give every man a ransom for his soul unto the Lord, when thou numberest them, that there be no plague among them. When thou numberest them, so this is basically a, a taxation for the temple. So when they numbered, when they numbered the children of Israel, um, the, the the sum of money that they were to take uh, was called a ransom. And you can see I've highlighted the words there. So the same Hebrew word in this case is the word a uh, I've put that in there for a reason. Uh, the number is thirty-seven twenty-four. Um, it's that word from Exodus 21 where it just said the sum of money. So you can see they're linked. The sum of money and the ransom um were, were used interchangeably. But this word um kofer in, in Hebrew um should jump out at you. It literally means a cover um or redemption price. This is the word that is related to the word that's like the mercy seat, the covering. It's the same word that's used in uh in Genesis. Uh, chapter six, when Noah is to, you know, cover the ark with, with pitch. Um, so it's a covering, it's a protection. Uh, in this context, it's, it's a redemption price. You can see the connection, hopefully, that, um, you know, you're, you're, you're covering your life as it were. So for the man in, in Exodus 21 who, who deserved to die, the, the, the sum of money is a covering uh, for that. It's kind of making up for, if you like, or covering it over. And, of course, in the mercy seat on the uh, the Ark of the Covenant, uh, that's exactly what it was. It was a place of mercy. It was a covering. Um, Chris? Yes.
2: Uh, I got um, an alternative uh, explanation uh, on the New King James for that. It's called The Price of a Life.
1: The Price of a Life. Yep. Oh, I see there. Instead of ransom for his soul, price for, for his life is a great translation. Because yeah. we know the word "soul" there just is is nefesh or life, and this ransom is a sum of money. So a sum for uh, for his his life is is uh, is a great translation for sure. Thanks, Bob. Um, just a little aside on this one, I can't help but see these little things when we're you know, and again, effective Bible reading, seeing connections. Um, I would suggest to you uh, that when David numbers the people, you'll remember, um, and things went poorly. A lot of people kind of say David was doing something wrong there. I would suggest to you, David was trying to raise money for the temple he was going to build or have his son build. And it was the people who didn't want to pay this taxation, if you will. They didn't want to pay this sum of money for their soul. They didn't see the spiritual significance of it. And that's why there was a plague amongst amongst them. Um, And and so really, Exodus 12 is a fulfillment uh, of what happened in, in the time of David. Again, just a little aside, and um, hopefully we can maybe have some discussion on that later. Okay, Psalm 49. Let's look this one up as well. Again, this is not an extensive list of all the places where the word ransom appears in the Old Testament, but it gives you a sense. Um, and, and I'm sorry if the words are a little bit small. You'll see at the end why I wanted this all in one slide, because it all kind of fits together. Now... Psalm 49 is probably most well-known for the last verse. Um, This is one of those, you know, fundamental first principle kind of verses. Man that is in honor and understands not is like the beasts that perish. So for those that die without a knowledge of God, without a responsibility to God, they remain dead. They're just just like the animals. Um, You know, there's nothing in them that lives on uh, forever. There's no immortal soul. They're like the beasts that perish. Verse fourteen, they're like uh, sheep that are laid in the grave. Okay, so that gives you a bit of context for this for this psalm. Well, here in verse seven, um, it, it says clearly, none of them can keep uh, can by any means redeem his brother or give to God a ransom for him. And you can see in the in the previous verse there, they're trusting in their riches. You know, they think they can kind of be okay. They're they're doing okay by themselves. And uh, the psalmist says here clearly, inspired by God to write it, uh, that you can't redeem your brother or give a ransom for him. Now, this is our third word, and hopefully, the color coding helps you to keep track of things. So, the word re- is redeem here. Um, that, that's that's what we're looking up in this case. Uh, Six two nine nine uh, to sever a ransom to release preserve rescue or deliver. Um, The word ransom in in this passage is the same as the previous one. It's that word, uh, Kofar, to cover. So we're getting a lot of ideas starting to come uh, together here. And again, some words used interchangeably and and are synonymous. Um, The idea here to sever or to release, you know, again, think of that situation where someone is held hostage. Um, It's the ransom that kind of uh, separates them from that situation. Or as it says here, redeem his brother. Um, and we're going to see a, in, in a lot of cases, this is used in the context of like redeeming uh, someone from slavery. That is an Old Testament uh, context. And it's used uh, extensively of which this word, uh, this verse is, is, is um, making that, that point. Now, you could redeem your brother from like a slave owner or from some uh, situation where they got themselves into debt. In a physical way, that's not what this verse is talking about. This is where verse is talking about, kind of in the eternal sense. You can't redeem your brother eternally. Um, that's something that each individual has to kind of look after for themselves, their own their own situation before God. Um, and then one more one more passage here in the Old Testament, and uh, <clears throat> it's over in Hosea. And uh, this is the this I think this gives you a flavor. Uh, for the idea so again it's a biblical word it's used in many contexts um, quite often in the sense of redeeming a brother or a kinsman Uh, you can think of of Boaz redeeming Ruth Uh, this is language that's used um, in in uh, in the Old Testament it's a release from some sort of debt and here in Hosea chapter 13 uh, again a fascinating section through here you know if you just glance and, and on your own time look through Um, hosea 9 10 11 and 12 there's many many allusions to the last week of christ's life and we're going to see that that's really the the climax of this whole thought this whole um, idea of ransoming Um, but here in in verse uh, 14 of of hosea 13 uh, god speaking says i will ransom them from the power of the grave i will redeem them from death oh death i will be thy plagues oh grave i will be thy destruction repentance shall be hid from mine eyes and um, here we have a fourth word uh, this word redeem again so the word ransom comes up when I, you do a google search on the word or in a bible search on the word ransom the word ransom is the same as the previous one um, but then there's this word redeem and, and this is our fourth word uh, number 1350 to redeem um, and this is the context of, of the next of kin, for example, buying back a relative's prop- property, marrying the widow, whatever you had to do to help out uh, your, your, your family. Um, it can be used negatively like the avenger of blood um, or to deliver, um, to perform the part of the, the next of kin, purchase, ransom, redeemer, or revenger. Um, so this gives you a nice uh, summary then of how the word is used in the Old Testament. It's a sum of money quite often. It's buying back uh, something, paying off a debt. Um, it's covering, perhaps covering sin, covering something that was wrong. It's it's the price of a life. Um, kind of the idea to rescue or to deliver, uh, and we're going to see this word redeem is 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 really maybe a, a word that's a bit more familiar to us. Um, that, you know, it's it's really a, it's the same as like a ransomer, if you will, the one who pays the ransom. Um, and it's performed quite often by the the next of kin, if uh, if a family member had gotten themselves into difficulty and had to sell themselves to their neighbor to pay off their debt, uh, the the next of kin could come on, come along and buy back that debt and and pay it off. Of course, the other option was for it to wait out the seven years, and there was there was the year of release, the jubilee year after after the fiftieth year as well, when 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 there was a year of release. So that's the Old Testament use of the word. Um, and, and so really the ransom is in the context of redemption or a redeemer. And I would just make that um, substitute in my own mind. I think of it, if it helps you, if the word ransom kind of has too much baggage to it, just think of it being a redemption, the price of redemption. Um, in the New Testament, it is also used not as extensively, only three times and the, and the first two times um are in the same uh, same current. so let's go to the matthew account they're absolutely identical um so matthew chapter 20 and verse 28 um you can see the context here was uh james and john coming to peter and asking if they could have a special place in the kingdom and of course jesus says to them in verse 22 and 23 you know can you be baptized like i'm going to be baptized can you drink the same cup as me and he's talking about you know a life that would lead to his ultimate death you know giving him his own life and and they say they were would be able to do that um in verse 24 the the other 10 disciples hear about it and there's some some controversy there's some obvious tension between between the 12 here and um Jesus then comes along and says, look, you, you've, got, you've got it all wrong. You're thinking of glory. You're thinking of, you know, elevation. You're thinking about yourselves. Uh, what I'm on about is, is serving and, and, and giving and, and providing for others. So he, he compares, uh, you know, their, their frame of mind in verse 25 to the, the princes of the Gentiles who want, want to have dominion and authority over others. He says in verse um, 26, but it shall not be so among you. For whoever shall be great among you, let him be your minister or your servant. Um, verse 27 And whosoever will be chief among you, let him be your servant. And here it is, verse 28 Even as the Son of Man came not to minister unto, to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. Okay, so this word here, ransom, uh, is Greek number 3083. Uh, something to loosen with, you, you know, there's there's a, a tight bond. Someone's, got, someone's kidnapped him and he's, there's a tight bond and you're loosening that bond. Um, but but the best way of thinking about it is it takes us right back to the Old Testament. It's, it's a redemption price or the price of redemption. So if you're taking notes, if you like writing in your margin, beside the word ransom there, I have written in my margin, price of redemption. And that's an Old Testament concept that is solid. We understand it. You know, there's a debt that needs to be paid. We can't pay it. Someone else pays the debt for us. It's the price of redemption. So it's really important to understand that if you're going to understand this word ransom, you got to get the Old Testament context. Again, classic uh, reading the Bible effectively strategies and techniques here. Um, that it's, it's based on the Old Testament concept of redeeming people. And again, the classic example would be like Ruth being redeemed by Boaz. Uh, he was willing to take that on himself. Uh, there was another near kinsman that, that wasn't really willing to make that sacrifice. This is what we're talking about here. And Jesus says, I haven't come to be great. It's the exact opposite. I've, I've, I've come to give my life a ransom for many. So the, 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 um, remember the passage in, in, um, uh, in the Old Testament, right? The price of a life so jesus saying i'm giving my life as a ransom that is the redemption price um the only other place this word is used oh yep go ahead uh
2: also i found another explanation in um, of ransom in in joe uh chapter 33 uh, verse 24. it's uh, it's uh, eli eli who's who's making the comment here he says then he is gracious to him and says deliver him from going down to the pit uh, I have found a ransom.
1: Mm, mm-hmm. And
2: inside that word ransom, there's an alternative meaning. Uh, this is from the uh, uh, New King James, uh, which uh, is atonement.
1: Yes. Yes. Yep. And and that, so that,
2: that that's a covering uh, that as well. And, you know, so it, it incorporates that as well. It seems. It seems. Ab-
1: absolutely. Thanks for that, Bob. So again, there, I'm not sure which word that is. Maybe someone can check it out. It's probably that word, um, kafir, um, atonement or mercy seat. Um, that's the idea. Yeah. The word, the idea of atonement is to cover, right? Our sins are covered. So that's why this concept of, of a ransom sacrifice is so important. And we have to get it straight because it's basically the, the, the story of salvation. You know, how is it that our sins are covered or forgiven? Um, it's all tied up and tied together with this idea of ransom, so, th- thanks for that, Bob. That was a good one in, in Job. Um, so, here in in First Timothy chapter two, <clears throat> uh, this is again a very well known section. Here, we probably know verse five, perhaps a little bit more uh, in our first principle list. Um, so, First Timothy chapter two. Um, and verse 5 says, for there is one mediator, and, sorry, there's one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. So he's the one that, that, that reconciles. We're going to see this is another word, reconciliation. Uh, it's Jesus who, who mediates this new covenant uh, with his own blood. And so all these ideas come together, a ransom, a payment, uh, a mediation, and it's all about bringing uh, reconciliation between God and men. And then explains very si- simply here in verse uh, six, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. Uh, this is a slightly different word, uh, but it's related. And again, the color coding hopefully helps you to see that. Um, it's it's this word, um, 487 but 47 is just a, a composite word it's made up of two words 473 and then our word from the matthew 20 and mark 10 passage uh number 3083 so it's really just a heightened sense of this word interesting little study on the side you can see strong's has it as just a redemptive de- redemption price same as a previous one um the the prefix for 473 is the word anti. um Anti isn't always against or opposite. In this case, it's it's like a height. Like this is the redemption price. It's like in the stead of. So a, a debt needed to be paid and Jesus is going to give his own life. You know, this is Isaiah 53, uh, that God laid on him the iniquity of us all. Um, this is that, that sense that, that he was the one that was in the place of that redemption price. All right. Um, so that's as a quick study of the, of the words, you know, doing a word study of this word ransom and where it's used in scripture. We didn't look up all of them, but many of them. Here's some related, related concepts. Um, and they come right out of that biblical, sorry, that Old Testament biblical understanding. we got a biblical definition of what a ransom is. And it has to do with the forgiving of debts. Okay, so uh, we, won't, we don't need to turn this one up. This is Matthew 6, the Lord's Prayer. Forgive us our debts. This is a related concept. Um, Of course, the dot, dot, dot goes on to say, as we forgive others. And that's where the practical part of this is going to come in. All right. So a debt has been paid. It's the debt of our sin. And we've been forgiven those debts. We ask God to forgive us our debts. And what he expects is us to reciprocate that in our dealings with others. Um, We've already seen um, that it has the idea of, of a covering. That one word for ransom was, was the Hebrew word that means to cover. Um, and we, we won't look this one up. This is hopefully familiar to you. We're going to see it in the next passage when it's quoted in the New Testament. But the, the psalmist, David, writes very clearly, blessed is he whose sin is covered. And he's writing this after his sin with Bathsheba. You know, there was no sacrifice he could make uh, that would cover a sin of, of murder and adultery. Uh, he deserved to die. And yet God did forgive him. And uh, uh, David uses this, the spirit guides David to use this similar sort of language of a covering, because we saw that was related to this word, ransom. Um, this one I would like to look up. Let's go over to Romans chapter four. And, and hopefully you can see that like a bunch of things are all coming together here. And hopefully that impresses upon you uh, the significance of this, of this concept, this idea of, of a ransom. Um, and that is that the idea of justification or, or to be made righteous, um, that is sins not imputed. And here it gets uh, even more interesting. Um, so look, for example, here, just go back a little bit. Um, and and uh, the Spirit is directing Paul to uh, quote here from that Psalm 32 we just read. So if you go back to um, verse 6 of, of Romans 4, even as David also described the blessedness of the man unto whom God imputes righteousness without works. And that's a whole nother issue he's dealing with here. Um, We won't worry about that part of it. But the point is here, God imputes this righteousness saying, and now he's quoting from Psalm 32, blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. So, in order to be justified, that word justified means to be made righteous. In order to be made righteous, it has to be imputed righteousness. It has to be given to us as a gift. And in order for that to happen, our sins are not imputed. That is, they are forgiven. And um, uh, you can see then that 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 is bound up in this idea of Christ's sacrifice. And you can see it, uh, well, the, the whole chapter is relevant, but just, just go to the end here. Um, uh, so let's go to verse uh, 22. Therefore, it was imputed to him, that is to Abraham, righteousness was imputed to him. His belief, his faith was imputed to him for righteousness. Now it was not written for his sake alone that it was imputed to him, but for us also, to whom it, that is righteousness, shall be imputed if we believe, if we have faith on him that raised up Jesus, our Lord, from the dead. And here's sort of a, a final statement. What was Jesus's life, death, and resurrection all about? Jesus was delivered for our offenses and raised up again, sorry, raised again for our justification. So all, the, all this language is, is basically all bound together in an understanding of, of Christ's mission, Christ's purpose on earth and, and how it relates to us. And as we've mentioned, uh, reconciliation and, um, let's look up this one as well. Uh, Hebrews chapter two, very, very familiar. And I think this passage here will really start to, to bring things together. Um, because we have to understand what is it about Christ's, Blood, Christ's life, that that allowed this ransom to to be paid, if you will, as he said there, he's giving his life a ransom for many, and and this makes it clear right here. Um, first of all, we'll just read verse seventeen that we've got quoted there. Uh, so Hebrews two seventeen. Wherefore in all things it behooved him to be like to be made like unto his brethren, that he might be a merciful and a faithful high priest in things pertaining to God, to make reconciliation for the sins of the people. Okay, so reconciliation, to give his life a ransom for many, um, to, to redeem us, to have our, our sins forgiven, to have our sins covered, for us to be, to be considered righteous in God's eyes. This is all similar language for the same fundamental foundational point. Um, and how did that occur? Verse 18, for in that he himself hath suffered being tempted, tempted he is able to succor or to help them that are tempted. And um, probably uh, just going up to verse 14, That's a really well-known verse. For as much then as children are partakers of flesh and blood, he, Jesus, also himself likewise, took part of the same. The same what? Flesh and blood. That through death he might destroy him that has the power of death. That is the devil. So the problem was sin. The problem is our nature. You know, that's what the devil is referring to. And he was able to do that through death. Through Christ's death, the life that he gave, he was able to destroy the works of the devil. And that is sin and death. And therefore, deliver, in the next verse there, deliver, there's that word of deliverance, salvation. He was able to deliver uh, through fear of death. Sorry, deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to what? What? subject to bondage. So you see, it's the same language. We're, we're burdened, we're bound, we're in bondage, and we need to be released from that. Um, and, and so you can see all, all these ideas, uh, hopefully, uh, kind of dovetailing together. Now, I just want to, this is just one slide. We're just going to read these verses. They're not exha- exhaustive. Um, and I don't, we don't need to look these up. I just want to kind of sit back and let let this kind of wash over you. It's a gospel of redemption, and as we saw from our Old Testament um, passages, that the idea of ransom was most often in the context of redeeming, like Boaz redeemed Ruth. So just just have a have a read of these. Oh, first of all, this word redemption here. Um, there's our there's our word uh, ransom. It's again it's a compound word. Greek number six twenty nine, but it's a compound of two words five seventy five, and the word we saw in our previous slide. Uh, from the New Testament, which is the word ransom. And so Strong's records this or says that the definition for this word redemption in this context is a ransom paid in full. So again, there, it's just an extension or a heightened sense of that word. It's paid in full. So it's a ransom, but it's like paid in full. So just, just, let's just read these together. Romans three twenty four, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Jesus Christ. So justified, grace, redemption, all these words are coming together here. Uh, we're going to finish in, in Romans 3. You don't have to look that up right now. Romans 8.23, and not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit. Even we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wit the redemption of our body. All right? That sounds like someone who's in bondage, you know, in, in, in chains, if you will, uh, and, and were redeemed bought out of that now the interesting thing about uh this is what we're experiencing now in our christian life uh is just a foretaste of what's coming so we have the forgiveness of sins now but we still have our of our nature you know we're waiting for that time like it says in corinthians first corinthians 15 you know when this mortal will put on immortality this this uh corruptible put on incorruption so the ultimate redemption when we're the price is fully paid is when we'll be made immortal. Uh, but what was required for that is, of course, forgiveness of sins. First uh, 1 Corinthians 1.30, But of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. So, what is it that Jesus accomplished? Righteousness imputed, ju- sanctification being made holy, and redemption being bought, being bought back, being bought for a price. Colossians 1.14, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. So that, it couldn't be any clearer there. It's redemption is, is equated to the forgiveness of sins. And of course, how that happened um, is, is through Christ's sacrifice, the shedding of his blood. And the last one here, Hebrews 9.15, and for this cause, he is the mediator of a new testament or a new covenant. That by means of death, so because he died, for the redemption of the transgressions that were under the first testament or covenant, they which are called might receive the promise of eternal inheritance. So all those people before Jesus who looked forward to his coming, the Davids and the Abrahams and the Noahs, uh, they all looked forward to his coming. We look back on his time he came and we are all redeemed from those transgressions that we committed. Through Christ's sacrifice. Um, so again, there's lots more there, but basically, this is a, a centerpiece of the gospel message. Um, and it is a gospel of redemption, of redeeming, of, of a ransom being paid. So as we as we start to, uh, to to wrap this up, um, I would suggest to you that ransom is kind of like a word picture. And we have to make sure that our picture is correct and there are some ideas out there that we saw right at the beginning that are that are faulty um but but it's not too far off all those ideas we brainstormed the very at the very beginning um so let's just go through this i would suggest to you we're supposed to have a word picture and this word helps us to understand it so the first question is uh, by whom are we taken captive if we need ransoming who, who's who's taken us captive and um First, uh, sorry, 2 Timothy 2.16 uh, says that we're taken captive by him, the devil, that is, but our nature uh, at his will. You know, we know we're in bondage to sin and death. Uh, that, that's Romans chapter 6. So it's our sin that captivates us um, and, and therefore causes us to be in this position where we need redeeming. And, and what is the price of our redemption? Well, it's, it's, uh, it's Christ's blood. Ephesians 1.7 says, in whom we have the redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. The Colossians passage was, was similar to that. Uh, from what have we been set free? Um, this one would be worth looking up. Let's go. We'll, we'll finish in Romans, first of all, chapter 6, and then we'll go back to chapter 3 to kind of bring this all together. Romans 6 um, is, I think, just such a powerful, um, powerful chapter. And uh, so verse, verse 6 there, there says, um, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, and henceforth we should not serve sin. So just because we're human, just because we have human nature, uh, we sin, and we, we, we become captive. Uh, we serve like slaves. Uh, sin. Sin which is really just ourselves. We just serve ourselves. And it's sin that, uh, that, that is a problem here. So be, through our baptism, which is what the first few verses of Romans 6 are about here, uh, because of our baptism, uh, we, we crucify, we, we identify with, with Jesus' sacrifice, with his crucifixion. That's why Jesus came. That's why he lived the life he did. That's why he died the way he did, to set us an example, that we need to crucify that old man in ourselves, that that old way of life, that old nature, so that we don't serve sin. Because when we're dead in Christ, verse seven, we're freed from sin. We no longer serve sin. Um, so if we are dead with Christ, we believe that we also we shall also live with Him. So we 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 cha- you know, we, we follow the steps of Christ. We live like we live like He lived, following His commands and precepts. Um, and it just goes on and on here. Um, Look at look at verse uh, verse twelve. Let not sin reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in the lust thereof. So so sin is like a king. He's like our master that we're enslaved to. We're in bondage. We're, we're we're in chains. Jesus comes along and he breaks those chains. He he pays the price in his own life, death, and resurrection. And so we're free. The chains are gone. We've been set free. So verse thirteen. Don't yield yourselves members as instruments of unrighteousness, unto sin. Don't, don't go back to sin, your old master. Maintain that severance, you know that distance, that release, that redemption. Um, yield yourselves to God as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. Um, the, the whole chapter is just just filled with it here. So uh, look at verse uh, 20. "For when you were the servants of sin, and this is slaves. When you were slaves to sin, prior to your redemption, prior to your ransoming, you were free from righteousness. You didn't do anything that was that was good, um, even when you thought maybe you were. Um, verse verse twenty one. What fruit had you then in those things? Whereof you are now ashamed. The end of those things was death. So when you served sin, you were pointed to the grave. You were like the man that is in honor and understands not, and is like the beast that perishes. There's no other way of redemption. Your brother can't redeem you. No money can save you. You're heading to the grave. But now the ransom has been paid in Christ, verse 22, and you're being made free from sin. You've been redeemed. You've been bought back. You've been bought with a price, as Peter says in his epistles. You become servants to God. You have fruit unto holiness and the end everlasting life. And then this verse that just sums it all up, the wages of sin is death. If, if you don't take advantage of the ransom that's been paid, the redemption that has occurred, you're going to get wages from sin. Sin's going to pay you. He's going to pay you death uh, in, in, in the word picture. But the gift of God, see, it's a gift. We couldn't do it ourselves. It's a gift of God, is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So that's what we've been set free from, and it's because of the, the ransom sacrifice of Christ. Does the ransom need to be paid every time we sin? Well, no. Hebrews tells us we are sanctified to the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. That's why Jesus' sacrifice is superior to all those Old Testament redemptions and sacrifices, because they had to be repeated year after year after year, day after day, week after week, whatever. Jesus, once and for all, gave his life for all time. Um, and since we've been redeemed, are we free to do as we like? Well, we'll no. No. Uh, we are free to do as we should in service to our Heavenly Father. And again, we saw that in Romans 6, being made free from sin, we become servants to God. Um, so we have been bought. We've been bought with a price. Uh, and that price is uh, the life of, our, of the Lord Jesus Christ. So this is our last slide. Just a few um, concluding notes here. And, uh, you know, trying to hopefully have seen the practical implications of, of, uh, of what we've looked at tonight. <clears throat> so the first thing to note here, that God is not a wrathful deity. In fact, the redemption price was not paid to him, but by him. Okay, so all those false ideas we looked at in the first couple of slides, uh, and that where Christianity gets this wrong, is they somehow think that the price had to be paid to God. <laughs> he, he was the one, you know, what's the most well-known verse, John three sixteen. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Uh, God God paid the price in his son. Um, he, he didn't require that. The, the, the problem didn't lie with God. The problem lies lie was with us. We have sins that need covering. And, and, Je- and Jesus did that. God's own son. God provided his son, Jesus, to pay that price. Uh, there was no exchange, you know. A lot of that, this and the weird things about, well, yeah, God made this deal with the devil and then tricked him and got it back. You know, did this sort of underhanded dealings. That is, that is so foreign to Scripture. There, there's no exchange. You know, reconciliation is not a transaction. If ever we get thinking along the lines and we kind of think of like, you know, transactional, we're probably on the wrong, the wrong track. Um, basically, the, the, the reconciliation. Uh, was a declaration of, of the righteousness of God and I just want to flip back uh, I know we're, we're just about out of time here um, to, to Romans chapter 3 I think this is really powerful if you if you really if you get stuck and you kind of think what's going on here and how do I explain um, uh, the sacrifice of Christ and why he had to die and why was there bloodshed um, Romans 6 and Romans 3 are, are your kind of go-to go-to spots here so you um, Let's just pick it up in verse 20. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified in his sight, for by the law came a knowledge of sin. So the purpose of the Old Testament was to, to remind all people, including ourselves, in what state we're in, and that is we are sinners, and the wages of sin is death. But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifest, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Even the righteousness of God which is by the faith of Jesus Christ unto all and upon all that believe for there is no difference, Jew, Gentile, whatever for all of sin, it comes short of the glory of God. We're all, we're all in the same boat and it's sinking fast. Um, and we need that sin covered. Okay. doesn't matter who you are. doesn't matter how wealthy you are. doesn't matter what the color of your skin is, what your nationality, uh, we have all sinned and are worthy of death but we've been justified we've been we've been made righteous freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus whom God set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood now here's a an old english word propitiation basically means um, the, the one who who you know pays that that ransom price that that place of mercy it's it's the same word that's used of the mercy seat so we get back to the idea of covering reconciling redeeming so god has set us uh jesus forth as the covering as as the mercy seat through faith in his blood to declare god's righteousness do you see the theme here if you just if you just highlight it in your bible the word righteousness it's god's righteousness god's righteousness god's righteousness righteousness. For the remission of sins that are passed through forbearance of god and then it reiterates to declare i say at this time god's righteousness that he might be just and the justifier of him that believe in of them that believe in jesus okay and so it excludes boasting so the key thing of the ransom sacrifice is it was paid for us we were without hope we were like heading into the grave we had, we had, were without hope without without god in the world God sent his son in the likeness of sinful flesh to redeem us, to buy us back from that death. And what it did is it declared God to be righteous because God's justice demands that the wages of sin are death. You know, if the day you eat the fruit, you shall surely die. But God's love and his desire for us to be saved, uh, his mercy is also fulfilled in the sending of his son. And so God is seen to be right in all things. It's not not about us looking right or being right. It's about God being shown uh, to be right in all his dealings. So really what we have here then is grace, is this this balance uh, between what sin deserves, that is death, based on God's justice, God's laws, and what God actually desires, which is to give us the kingdom. It's your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Grace allows these two things to come together, and it's in the redemptive work of the Lord Jesus Christ that that happens. So we, we have then the life, death, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ fulfills the requirements for that redemption price, and, and all those ideas come together. You know, forgiveness of sins, um, salvation, justification, reconciliation are all bound up in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. You can't just look at him on the cross. You can't just look at the empty tomb. You know, you can't just look at his life and say he was a great teacher. you got to have the whole package. It's his life, death, and resurrection that that explains the whole thing. And, And so where does that leave us? Our thankful response to having been freed from death is a life devoted in service to our Redeemer, you know, there, Jesus is many things. He's our savior. He's our Messiah. And you know, he's our brother. In this context of a, of a ransom sacrifice, he is our redeemer, the one that has bought us back from sin and death. And so we serve him with all we've got. And, and what does he ask of us? You know, love the least of these, my brethren. Do unto others as I have done to you. Forgive others as I have forgiven you. That's, that's what Jesus asks of us. Um, as as the redeemed ones, as as the ransomed ones, so hopefully that uh, has, has helps with uh, understanding this idea of of a of a ransom sacrifice.